Thank you for stopping by the Bluegrass Podcast. Today we've got an extra incredible guest, New York Times bestselling author Brian Box Brown of the graphic novel Cannabis, The Illegalization of Weed in America, as well as the weekly comic strip Legalization Nation, which details bad practices by big MSOs in the cannabis industry. We are so excited to have him on, as well as another musical feature of Zach Bryan with his song Dissatisfied. We hope you'll yodel along with us today, but before we get started, if you haven't, consider hitting that subscribe button on YouTube, Spotify, or iTunes, or leave a five-star review on iTunes or Spotify. If you like our interviews, advocacy work, and other projects, consider donating even a dollar a month to our Patreon or buying some merch from the store to help us keep the mic on, gas in the tank, and Kentucky cannabis clean. All links are in the episode description as well as on our website, bluegrasscannabis.com. Welcome again to the Bluegrass Podcast, and let's get started. Hi, Brian. How are you doing? Hey, what's happening? How are you doing this morning? Oh, that's too bad. Uh, pretty tired. My son got off really early this morning, uh, so I'm drinking an energy drink at 9 a.m. right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess I'll ask, what came first, comics or cannabis? Oh, that's funny. Um, I mean, co- comics, <laughs> because I was like five or something when I started reading comics. Um, but um, yeah, and I got into cannabis when I was like a teenager. Um, I started making comics um, seriously, uh, like semi-seriously anyway, when I was like 25. And uh, before that, I was, I was, uh, I, I never really, I didn't draw like at all. I kind of, I like liked to, to draw, but I would never um, like pursue it seriously. Uh, and kind of like avoided the art in a way. Um, but uh, then I got really into making comics in my mid-20s and um, started doing it professionally not that long after in the grand scheme of things. Uh, and I didn't really get into cannabis activism until I, I wrote, I made a book, uh, a, a comic, Nonfiction graphic novel called uh, the, the Illegalization of Weed in America. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, uh, you know, that's the history of cannabis prohibition. Pretty basic. Um, you know, it's not, you know, pretty well told story, but. Uh, and you've done some yeah. other nonfiction graphic novels too, right? Yeah. So I did a, my first. Uh, book was uh, a biography of the pro wrestler Andre the Giant mm-hmm. uh, and um, I got really lucky and um, that book ended up being like a New York Times bestseller and just like a huge hit like a nothing I had I, I haven't come close to <laughs> a success that big uh, since that book came out but uh, it, it allowed me to make a bunch of other uh, a bunch a lot of books um, you know, I did one about Andy Kaufman. Uh, I did a book about Tetris. Um, a lot of different stuff. I just illustrated a book about Vladimir Putin. 
um, I didn't write that book, but uh, I illustrated it. And I have a book about He-Man and uh, and uh, 80s toys coming out uh, in July. It's really cool. What so? Where can people find like the He-Man and the '80s toys? What made you want to do that? Because that's sort of a jump over. It feels like a little bit. Yeah. So, um, so you know, I have all I have a lot of like nostalgia for stuff from like the '80s in general. Um, and uh, you know, there's these documentaries and, and stuff that come out about '80s toys and TV properties. And, um, they're just like, see it as like such like a, oh, you know, let's have this fun, nostalgic romp through the 80s. Don't you love these old toys? And, um, you know, it's kind of a response to that because, uh, like the nostalgia that all these people, you know, my generation of adults have today was like implanted into their heads at age four, five, six, and on uh, by people that were just trying to like extract money out of them. <laughs> so like, I know we all love these things, right? Mm. We're all nostalgic for them, but like to sit back and then be like, well, um, that nostalgia was placed there like on purpose in a way. And like, they're still reaping the benefits of it. And so like, kind of like about how you know capitalism marketing towards children was something that um we knew would cause well maybe we didn't know exactly how 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 uh problematic it, it ended up being but it, it would we knew that children couldn't really tell the difference between the show and the ad mm-hmm. um and basically, we started in the, in 1980. They deregulated um, children's media and just allowed companies to basically advertise to children via television 24/7. In so far as like the commercials were advertisements and the TV shows were also advertisements um, for toys, and like that was something that they didn't allow before that. Um, and I feel like it created kind of like this kind of like insane, uh, like generation of people, <laughs> myself included, um, mm. that have like these emotional ties and I, uh, to, to fucking property, you know, the media mm-hmm. property. Um, and, and, and like, you know, Disney owns like people's memories at this point, you know. Um, so it's just kind of like about that type of thing that goes on. Um, I'm pretty excited about it because uh, I had finished it a long time ago and I got the, the release got delayed for a while. So it's finally coming out in July. So I'm excited about that. Nice. I'm kind of sensing a theme here, too, because you also have another comic strip that's a little bit more anti big business doing things that might not necessarily be good. Do you want to talk about legalization nation a little bit? Yeah, definitely. So I, uh, I didn't really, you know, after I did that cannabis book, um, I started, uh, you know, focusing in on cannabis a lot more and, 
also like the history of cannabis is so like so like you know we know that like um people of color get arrested disproportionately more than white people right mm-hmm. so we know that like there's this racial situation going on now and i was like oh but like you know i was ignorant before i started doing research like oh but like in the you know when they made it illegal they did it because they truly you know believed that it was dangerous and um and then uh it, it was just like the stereotype and you know there's racism and whatever but mm-hmm. that's not like the primary thing but truly <laughs> the reason for prohibition was racist it has racist origins like mm-hmm. the entire reason for the world's prohibition uh has racist origins right making up so, the word marijuana right <laughs> um and so you know i started like you know taking this a lot more seriously i think and also like medical cannabis came to pennsylvania like around that time and like that was like the real eye opener to me. It was like going to the dispensary in Pennsylvania compared to like dispensaries I had been to in like Colorado where there was like a million companies putting out all different types of products mm-hmm. compared to Pennsylvania where there was like five companies and it was just like different. I was like, what's the difference here? Like what's going on? And just like the, the shittiness of the, the Pennsylvania medical cannabis market was what made me be like, why is it like this? Like what's why is this so shitty? Basically. Mm-hmm. And you know, once you start once you start digging in there, it's just like an endless uh supply of of reasons for why it's shitty. Um and so I was just like constantly obsessing over this stuff and like trying to talk about it on Twitter a little bit, but like, you know, people don't really read tweets or take them seriously sometimes. And I had the skill as like a cartoonist. And I was like, maybe if I put these grievances in comic form, people will read them. And so I started this comic strip called Legalization Nation. That's just like about all these shitty things going on in uh, cannabis legalization. Every once in a while, there's some good stuff. But for the most part, it's like pointing out the reasons why I, don't, I also don't think that there's a cannabis media. That was part of it, too, is that there wasn't a, at the time, I think it's gotten slightly better, slightly, but really, like, the cannabis media isn't, doesn't cover cannabis with a critical lens because Definitely. most of, you know, because most of cannabis media is sponsored by the companies that are doing the shitty stuff. And it's not, you know, it's something that I think because of stigma, um, never gets taken seriously. There's very few, um, actually, you know, um, mainstream news sites that, that cover cannabis in a serious manner. And meanwhile, like, because of that, because no one's taking this seriously, there are tons of shenanigans going on. Like, these people are getting away with, murder no one's no one's taking this seriously literal murder too in some cases yeah in some cases right um and and, uh anyway so it it got me fired up and i I was like i'm gonna make comic strip about this and 
Um, I've been doing it now actually for like two years, and um, it's great. I love making comic strips. I, I hadn't done like a strip in like ten years before I started doing this one. I love it, and it's it's uh, it's actually been uh, syndicated to like a few different outlets, and it uh, uh like Greenstate.com runs it every week, and uh, Tucson Weekly runs it in print. And I mean, it's a great comic strip for any of my listeners that don't already view it. And I know that there are a lot of friends and listeners who do. I think that like you're talking about just making it a little bit more consumable. I think that people just don't understand that these companies are doing this. And you do such a good job of breaking down these things in very consumable. This is long story short. This is what happened. Like, how do you decide on what you're going to focus on? Or is it just like you hear something on the news and you're like, oh, of course. Yep. That goes in the queue. Um, sometimes it's like, um, you know, sometimes people contact me. Sometimes like it's just stuff that I'm following that I'm interested in. And yeah, and definitely some days like I don't even know what I'm going to do at all. And I'm just like, come up with something in the shower and, and be like, oh yeah, that's shitty too. I have meaning, been meaning to talk about that. Um, people send me stuff a lot. Like, um, you know, a lot of this um, union busting stuff that's been going on. Um, mm-hmm. That, I, you know, employees, I, I, will, I will say that employees of MSOs are very disloyal to their, to their companies and constantly send me incriminating shit that I can't really use because it's like anonymous, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, I do see it all, all. I mean, like photographs of grows that are just like disgusting looking and, and just, I've talked to like a lot of like people that work in, in corporate grows and, and all kinds of stuff and hear all kinds of like bad practices. See, what I need is for you to do like a kitchen nightmares, but in MSOs, just go in there with a yeah. the film crew. Yeah, I know. I mean, that does need to get done. I mean, and you know what the thing is that, that makes me like the most annoyed with the whole thing is that we uh, live in a country that very much praises um, competition, the free market. Let the free, the invisible hand of the free market. Let's let the free market decide, et cetera. Mm, and then, competition in air quotes, right? Yeah, and then it comes to cannabis, and it's like, oh yeah, we're gonna by law make this only five companies. <laughs> like, it's just like it, it's so antithetical to every the, the the bullshit that people talk about in every other business all the time. Um. I think it's like a unique, we're in a unique position to, to watch corruption happen, like, to a brand new market so quickly. Absolutely. Like we, in development. Yeah, like, we don't get to see that that often. Will you walk with me? Would you talk with me? Would you open up your heart to me?
precious heart of gold Let me walk with you as this life unfolds Don't be surprised if my feet don't touch the ground For as sure as the world is turning Somewhere poor hearts are yearning it's such a lonely life, always dissatisfied. The sleepless nights are pouring rain, I could never complain. For I'm in heaven when I'm by your side. Talk with you. I want to open up my little heart to you and show you all the reasons that it bleeds. Oh, I want to lose my shame. I want to feel the pain that comes from letting go until only love remains. And that's all you'll see. Anytime you look at me For as sure as the world is turning Somewhere poor hearts are yearning Such a lonely life always dissatisfied The sleepless nights are pouring rain I could never Heaven when I'm by your side Well, what I also like about what you're doing though is you're not just putting out content with the comic strips and stuff. But you also have your MSO maps on your website. Do you want to talk about those? Because they're such a great resource. Yeah. So like, um, so so MSOs, right? Like, um, they're not good at developing um, customer consumer loyalty because you know they come into they come into a city or a state. I mean, and you know when they first open up. Their, their prices are out of control, expensive. Eventually, they start coming down, you know, and the, the quality is not good. So, like, people are, like, purely, like, that sucks. Or, like, true leave. Like, you know, you hear about all these shitty things we're doing, whatever. Mm -hmm. so, so, what they do often is just keep making up a new brand and pushing them as, like, a new thing so you don't associate it with the shittiness of their parent company. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so there's like a million brands, right? And not only that, there's um, tons of mergers and acquisitions happening all the time. So like some company that once was like a PA or whatever, your, your local state only company, then gets bought out by, you know, 
truly or purely or you know any number of all these other ones um and then suddenly but they don't you know nobody see, nobody knows the thing sometimes they don't change always change the logos and layouts and stuff and then suddenly you think you're buying local but you're actually not buying local mm-hmm. um so it's confusing and i think it's you know purposefully confusing um uh so the, i made these i, I had seen like a a meme online that was like all the different uh grocery store brands and how uh there's only actually like six companies that own all the groceries, the entire grocery store, basically. And uh, <clears throat> I was like, I should make that for weed. And uh, so that's, that's where the MSO map came from. So it's like something you can look at and see. This is the parent company. These are all its brands and companies that it owns and all these other things. And I haven't updated them in a long time, and they're probably horribly out of date right now because these uh, – you know, these mergers and acquisitions happen so often and so fast, and they come out with new brands so often and so fast as well. Oh, yeah. We had, when I worked at a licensed dispensary in Illinois, it was so hard to keep consistent products on the shelf for medical patients. As soon as they went through one skew, it was like, oh, now they've kind of caught on to what this is. Let's swap another product in. Yeah. Let's change it out. So you're like, oh, well, this. That other one kind of sucked. Let's try this one. And it's like the same thing. It's a different name. And, and the new, the, the thing that's happening a lot right now in CA is that uh, there's brands will get big on the West Coast and on the, in California, let's say. And in California, it is a competitive market. So like for you to be a successful brand in California, you actually have to put out really good weed like at good prices and like everything right mm-hmm. so you have to like really take it seriously but once your brand is big you can just sell that brand to uh license it to an mso for the mso to put it out in uh mso only state that you can't get into so cookies does this uh, you know, if you ever see cookies in an MSO state, like they have it in PA and they have it in New Jersey, it's mm-hmm. because they're, 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 uh, licensed out to an MSO. Um, and, you know, celebrity brands, Tyson, Tyson is everywhere. Like Tyson is just licensed out to every, in every state, I think. Um, and, you know, Ric Flair. Um, and, and you know, even like, um, um, Ricky Williams, right? The, the, he he like won the Heisman Trophy, so he has this brand called Heisman. Mm-hmm. And I talk, I talked to them. I, I talked to them a lot for one uh, one day, and they like sat there and listened to me and stuff. And and they took their time to to find local farms in Oregon, put out this really good weed, and all avoided MSOs all over the West Coast and all these competitive states. But in Pennsylvania, they teamed up with an MSO. Instead of, I, I think that like that's, they'll say like, oh, well, there's nothing we could do. That's the only way we could get in. But you know what? I think that just, um, then what, what I think that would have been better 
for the for the community and for if you don't if you don't want to work with MSOs and then you, you just like uh, get rid of your principles immediately if like you can do it with an MSO in a place in a state where you're not in. Um, I think that Ricky Williams coming out and saying I'm not going to come to Pennsylvania until there's room for small business or Absolutely. or with or with Khalifa instead of signing a huge deal to truly to be in all these states. Be like, hey, I am not going to come into this state until it's fair. You know, I, I think that like people making that kind of sin would be so much bigger and better and they can afford to do it because what are they talking, what are we talking about here? Pennsylvania? You're in, in like five, six, seven other states that are have way bigger sales in the PA medical market. You really have to sell yourself out just to be in this little tiny state. Absolutely. If you're not going to do it right, just choose not to do it at all in that state. You already have a market. Make a thing. Say something. If you, if you if you are going out of your way to avoid MSOs in California, why are you why is it okay to do it in Pennsylvania? Do you think that that is and this is just like you for your opinion, do you think that's because of like the perception in California and Colorado and maybe on the West Coast is different of working with these brands or do you think it's just I think so. I think no. I, I do think that there's a uh, there is a. Uh, I feel like there's a, a, a people that know the California market and live in California have difficulty understanding how much trouble these companies are causing in MSO only states because they're not they're they're jack shit in California. You know, purely pulled out of California. And, you know, none of these companies are competitive at all. They're just like little nothing there. Um, but meanwhile, behind all these people's backs in every other state, they're creating chaos, which is going to, which is going to end up causing chaos for these California companies sooner or later, you know, especially when federal legalization comes around. Um, you know, they're going to, they're going to have to face up against these people. And see what it's really like. And I, I think it's, uh, you know, there's this old comic from back in the day that was a, a Saul Steinberg, uh, New Yorker cover that is called like the view from Fifth Avenue. Oh, yeah. Supposed, you know what I'm talking about? And it's, uh, you know, supposed to be about myopic, the view as a New Yorker on the rest of the world, on the rest of the country. You know, mm-hmm. seeing the rest of the country as these flyover states not really worth your time or attention. I I think that that's kind of what's going on in California, re the cannabis market in the rest of the country, because California's market is so mature, but they are facing a lot of the same issues that we are in in other ways, like local banning. You know, even in California, there's like. Thirty percent of the states, uh, uh, the cities that allow cannabis businesses, it's really competitive there. They have really high taxes. Um, oh yeah, the path to market for small farms is so difficult. Yeah, it's really hard, and it's a, it's a crazy market. It's different. It has different problems than the rest of the, the country. Um, but 
but they has big problems too. But I think that they also <clears throat> there's an attitude sometimes that can downplay the <clears throat> problem with MSOs by saying things like, "Oh, it doesn't matter because quality will eventually win." You know, that's what happens always, and that's not always true. <laughs> I mean, look at beer. Um, for a really long time, really long time, quality was not king at all. It was like the shittiest piss beer all across the country, and that's all you could get for a long time. And, Absolutely. And uh, I don't think that that's what people want to see happen with cannabis. And um, if we don't take these threats that are going on now seriously, we are going to end up with that just like middle of the road, you know, um, industrial cannabis that's going to take over the whole country. Oh, yeah. Middle of the road if we're lucky. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and the push to the push by these companies to end home grow is not going away. In fact, it's getting they're actually achieving successes, whereas. If you see in places like New Jersey and Delaware, they legalize adult use cannabis without home growth. Um, you know, they're trying to do that everywhere and it's going to be successful in places. So, you know, <clears throat> there's some serious shit going on. Oh, yeah. And I wanted to pick your brain about I know that there's been movement in California and a couple of other states talking about how the state is going to start allowing interstate commerce and just not worry as much about sending out of state if it's a licensed business. Have you heard anything about that? Or did you want to discuss that at all? Because I sort of I mean, find I, it interesting with I mean, I think that would be, would be amazing. And, um, you know, um, I could maybe see it happening. Like, I could see, like, Washington, Oregon, California, and, you know, Nevada maybe all doing some sort of pact. But you'd still be breaking federal law. I, I think it's more likely that we will see, if not full legalization, some sort of um, piecemeal legislation that would break, would change federal law in terms of bringing it over the border. But you never know. I mean, who the hell knows? I mean, they've been trying to do this like, Oregon's been trying to do interstate commerce for many years now. And it really like it all comes down to federal legalization, federal law when you're when you're bringing stuff over the border of state. So I don't know. I mean, I, the wheels of federal legalization are in motion, um, you know, but again, could be solved or halted at any time. What do you think about the push in Maine that's going on talking about regulating as a food rather than as a drug? Um, I think it's, I think it's great. Um, and it, it sounds like super radical to people. Um, but the thing is that Maine has such a, such a, uh, great medical system that this actually wouldn't change all that much in Maine. Now, if it happened in a lot of other places, it would be, it'd be like 
totally revolutionary. And it, it, the language and the way they talk about it is revolutionary. Don't get me wrong. But uh, in terms of what it would change for the day-to-day life of people in Maine, it's almost nothing. Because in Maine, uh, you can grow, uh, you know, there's a plant limit on um, what you can grow. But there's nobody going around checking it, really. Um, you wouldn't, it, the law wouldn't allow for you to grow for sale. So whatever you're growing would be for personal use. So sure, you could grow a hundred plants if you, for yourself, if you want to. Um, but also like if you wanted to grow a hundred plants and sell it, that's actually pretty easy to do in Maine as a caregiver because you could get a caregiver license. Uh, for probably not for a hundred plants, but for a much larger grow, and then sell it at medical dispensaries pretty easily. Um, that's what makes the medical market in, in Maine amazing. That and the uh, and, and how how you can come in with an out of state card and use it there because they have reciprocity. Um, so so like if that happened in Maine, on paper it would change a lot. In practice, would have changed hardly anything. Um, maybe there'd be, you know, there'd probably be a lot of people growing more than six plants. There probably already are. If you want to grow 10 plants and the plant count six, like I think you, if I was doing it, I would not even bat an eye about there being an extra plant there. I, I couldn't imagine, you know, getting in trouble for that. I don't think they're, I don't, you know, you don't really see anybody getting a fine or a ticket for having seven plants instead of six, like that's not really happening. Um, uh, but if this happened in New Jersey, that would be huge. Like they don't have any home grow at all there. Um, and this would allow them to have as much home grow as they want. And, you know, it really like legalizes things on paper that are kind of already happening slash unenforceable, like, you know, um, basically like a grower's collective type thing, like somebody wants to grow for their friends also, not just for themselves, because they can't possibly, they want to grow more weed than they could possibly smoke. Um, and they give it away to their friends, but their friends like give them money because they're spending money on the grow and everything. Kind of like a de facto grow collective, um, which is technically not legal, but legal enough that it could happen totally without really much risk. And do you think um, it might? Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, do you think it might just change perception too? Just the whole yeah, idea. No, I, I think it's more of I a think food. That's the, mm-hmm. I think that that's the big would be the big thing about that law um, is that it's really putting it where it should be with agricultural products instead of with uh, uh, I don't know potato chips or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. Manufactured goods, yeah, or like candy um, or even cigarettes. Like, um, and the whole thing with the hemp. Laws too, like it just allows so much leeway for the hemp, the hemp companies to kind of like 
uh, pull a million kind of synthetic end around and ship all over the country. And mm-hmm. I mean, like, what we really should do, which would circumvent the entire uh, 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 federal legalization thing, is just start calling all cannabis hemp. For, I mean, mm-hmm. honestly, like, they've legalized every single morsel bit of the cannabis product except the one, this one thing, THC. And so that just paves the way for so much fake shit and, and bullshit. And like, it's just honestly a dangerous stuff and stuff that would make, if there was some sort of problem, would make everyone look bad. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Like if, there, that if you had pot, you probably wouldn't go to anyways. Yes, exactly. Like nobody would go and try like a bunch of THC zero pills or some something. You know, I mean that's like a few steps away from like spice or you know those old uh, you know fake cannabis uh, products they would sell. Mm-hmm. Gas station K- K- things. K2, yeah, yeah. And you know, I know and, you said that. Go ahead. And it's just like there's hemp. There's the hemp, you know, stores all over. They call themselves dispensaries. Like this is creating uh, actually a confusing thing for everyone, which could be, which really is an, a problem in a way. If you want teenagers not to get psychoactive products, the, the way to do that is not to just have these hemp stores selling synthetic cannabinoids like crazy. It's to legalize regular cannabis and have the regular safe thing that's been time tested for thousands and thousands of years uh, available. You know, the hemp market would dry right up. Well, and there's a danger too of people trying to get into cannabis through hemp but you very quickly hit a ceiling, right? On what you can actually just feasibly do. Right. And, but also like the cost of starting a cannabis business are so high. Like a lot of, there's, you know, a a proven track record of starting a hemp business in order to raise funds to be able to enter the cannabis world because it's so uh, expensive. Oh yeah. The amount of white labeling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I know you said you had to get up early, so I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but did you want to talk about anything or about your comic strips or like get the word out about anything before I let you go? Yeah, no, I just wanted to uh, once again stop and mention my book, He Man. He, I always forget the subtitle. Let me make sure I got it right because uh, I'm really excited about the book and I want to get it out as much as possible called The He-Man Effect, uh, How Toy Makers Sold You Your Childhood. It comes out 7-11-23. So in a month and a half. Um, and, uh, you know, just read my uh, comic strip. And, uh, uh, Legalization Nation. A new one came out today. It runs uh, on my social media, on my uh, Box Brown Twitter, Box Brown Instagram, and uh, check out the Legalization Nation Patreon as well. And do you have a website? Uh, yeah, actually, if you go to boxbrown.com, you can find those MSO maps uh, to, uh, to check those out. So 
Brian, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you for having me. Also, Let me know when this up. goes live. I will uh, post about it. Absolutely. And also, please keep up the work with like Legalization Nation. Like, all I do is full time cannabis stuff. And like, I appreciate it more than I think you realize, and a lot of people do. Like, you're talking about it not being in media. It's so refreshing to have something like that where it's like, yes, someone said something. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you for listening to today's episode, and thank you again for stopping by. The Bluegrass Podcast. Old-fashioned. All-natural. Kentucky Bluegrass.